In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. What good is it if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? James 2 verses 14 to 16. How easy is it to relate to people who are just like you? Have you ever turned around at church to offer peace and found a homeless person behind you and wished you didn't have to shake her hand? God hates discrimination and reacting to someone on the basis of how they look is as bad as discriminating about race, gender, age. God doesn't. God chose all of us. He loves all of us. He didn't just choose me. He doesn't just only love me. How would you feel if you turned around and found that that homeless person behind you was your mum? It's tough to love as God loves, isn't it? Agape, it's called. Love for nothing. A giving love. The writer of these verses is telling us not to just offer a person wishes that they keep themselves warm and well fed, and it's obvious they're struggling to do so, but also to make sure their physical needs are met. You can do this personally or make sure your church is doing it. Sitting in the pews at our local place of worship is going to do nothing to help our community if we all pile out after an hour and go about our lives for another week. The whole idea of being Christian in the first place is to agape each other as God loves us. Our priest cites a church he knows whose daily mass attendance is 600, but they don't just go to church. They use their gifts, their treasure, their talents, all of them. The church has a school that charges no fees. <clears throat> Think about that for a moment. How do they pay their teachers, their bills, their taxes? They have a daily soup kitchen. How do they staff it, provide the food? They never have to ask for money. The whole congregation is doing what God has called them to do, to love each other as he loves them. And because everyone is pulling together, the church is working as it's meant to, for the good of everyone. Walk the talk. Put your faith into action. Share your love from God. Good morning and good afternoon. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler. I'm your host, Vivian McNinney. My guest this week is Danielle Evans, who encourages Christian homemakers and homeschoolers to live with grace in their Christ-centered homes. This week was at once frustrating and rewarding. I'll tell you about some painting I did, Facebooking and WordPress, dinner with friends, and lack of communication from across the pond. Let's take a break now and enjoy our well-earned 11sies in a quiet hour while I unwind with all of you. I'm still dealing with the disconnect from the other side of the pond. Silence from both my brother and my estate agent marketing my flat for yet another week has got me perturbed. 
I vowed to wait until someone calls or emails me just to see how long they'll go before making contact. Oh, I'm sure I'll have to cave first about the flat. On the one hand, computers make our lives easier, but on the other hand, well, I still haven't worked out WordPress to my liking. When I sit down to add an icon or change a page on my website, I feel as though I have my hands tied behind my back. I have to read instructions, puzzle things through, and still I end up slamming out of my office in a ladylike manner, of course, and complaining to my long-suffering blue-eyed cowboy about all the hours I'm spending doing nothing, or at least with no visible end results. My filmmaker son did give me some good tips about Facebook. I wrote them down. I need to go and apply them to my project of branding myself. I read that even if we have 200 Twitter followers and 400 friends on Facebook, that's not enough to make it big. I had to laugh because I have seven friends on Facebook and five of them are family. Go to it. You can help me by typing in facebook.com social homeschooler and like me. Give me a boost in my numbers, please. I'm right there. Actually, it's a nice picture, and it's the sociable homeschooler. Being back in the fold here in America is lovely. However, I'm having to reorder my life because of all the outside influences converging on me, sometimes for whole days at a time. They're causing me to get behind on my duties as a householder, a wife, a mother, not to mention a friend, a blogger, a reader. The weather has been English, and I spent two days having fun outside. I went for walks, had lunch al fresco, enjoyed wrapping up against the cold in the mornings, sitting in the garden, enjoying the sunrise. I've decided I'm going to set aside a day a week for social media work, a day for blog work, and I more than likely need to cut down on the number of personal blogs I write. Then I'm going to save a day for show research preparation. That's three days. Add another day for my show because once I've finished with that at noon today, my weekend has started. So what does that leave me with? One day to do everything else, including my tweeting, answering emails, phone calls, housework, cooking. And what about just simply being me? Roll on weekends and... I thought I was going to retire after homeschooling. You know, though, I won't be spending eight hours a day doing each of these projects. It's just a way of keeping me focused because I do get sidetracked when I'm on the computer, don't you? Such a lovely resource for research and all at my fingertips. I don't even have to get up to find a book to look something up in. Not even my favorite book, the dictionary. I did find time to do something this week I used to do with the children every year. I painted the wrought iron garden furniture. It must have been years since I last tackled the plant rack and matching table and chairs. I love aerosol paint. It's so accurate. But it does make a mess on the grass. My father would never have approved of the way I tidy up my tables and chairs. He would have insisted on a controlled space with newspaper laid out to catch the drips. The grass will grow. It'll get cut and then it'll grow again. And it was green paint. And the furniture looks very smart. Last week, I talked about my blue-eyed cowboy telling the immediate family of my plans to join the homeschooling culture. And although my guest, Dr. Thomas, imagined my motives to be purely religious and perhaps controlling, really all I was thinking about at this stage was how different I was going to be able to be. It appealed to the eccentric in me. Control may have come into it, but only as far as me being controlled went. I've never enjoyed someone telling me what I can and cannot do. Now I wouldn't have to, at least not with half my family. So I settled down to enjoy a summer leading up to the opening of my exclusive kindergarten. Without a corporate office to cool off in every day, I found out just how hot a Texas summer can get. 
The nights were as hot as the days. The children bonded, the cicadas sang, and our pool was no longer a cool 85 degrees. Tepid and not in the least bit refreshing, we abandoned it for the local public pools that had the benefit of shade trees and dragged, that's me, the children are dragging, through the afternoons. Mistakenly, I thought the children and I would be taking long afternoon naps. Instead, my grey matter, intelligently hiding in cranium shade, in an attempt to switch off for just a moment, suddenly brought forth a new idea. I'd been thinking of the school in which both my boys were enrolled, the one where my oldest daughter couldn't go, the prestigious Magnet School. Magnet School, I asked myself, what did that mean exactly? Hmm... I groaned, not because I was actually taking talking to myself now, but because I knew where I was going. The possibility of adding boys into the homeschool equation became like a broken tooth, continually visited by the ever-inquisitive tongue. Couldn't leave it alone, even when all four children were awake and successfully getting on my nerves. Any sane person would be living for the day when they could all be packed off to school. But then it is said by Dr. Thomas, my guest last week, and others that homeschoolers are not like ordinary people, and really, they're not. The best school is at home, my new friends were telling me, and my extensive research was confirming the veracity of this statement. In a narrow-minded, one-track kind of way, I began to think that if I was going to take the plunge, I may as well have a couple of individuals who could talk articulately to keep me mentally challenged staying at home with me and the baby and her sister. I began to ask a teacher I knew at the Magnet School questions about what the boys were learning at this wonderful, gifted and talented institution. It turned out it wasn't so much what they were learning as how they were learning it that set this academy apart from its public school counterparts. The content was the same, the expectations were different. Each child was considered gifted and talented, whether he was or not. A third of the school drew from the surrounding community and were not tested for entrance. The teachers didn't know who these students were, so everyone was treated the same. No dumbing down. This was appealing. It was also something homeschoolers did, teach the subjects their children were uniquely gifted and talented in. I was also told that when a child, mine or anyone else's, fidgeted in his chair or shouted in delight at the perfect S he'd just written, hopped on one foot in excited anticipation of being sprung fully wound into the hall from the classroom for break, or spoke after the silence bell, even in a whisper, he had to go in time out because that was the rule. In a large institution, there have to be rules, I understood this, but I still felt sad because all children behaved this way. They're hardwired to move around. Trying to hold them down is like trying to make a butterfly stop flitting from flower to flower or restrain a hummingbird from flapping its wings because it was making such an irritating hum. Only God knows where I got the courage to think that although the Gifted and Talented Academy was doing a superlative job with my boys, I could possibly do a better job, a better one. On a hot and sultry day in very late August, we decided to add the boys into the mix. And as the end of summer neared, I realized that I had a lot of work to do on my one-room schoolhouse. A failed test brought me into this crazy world I now found myself on the edge of. My Texan and I were both of the same mind that all our children would benefit far more from being with me all day than being with surrogate caregivers. In a few short weeks, we were going to develop our own special type of society, one that encouraged and affirmed our way of thinking and behaving. 
And it was going to start right here in our home, our self-contained one-room schoolhouse oligarchy. Well, it's very, very close to break time right now, and I'm going to have a sip of my coffee out of one of the cups that was unpacked from all of the boxes that arrived from England this week. Ugh, that's a daunting task because they did not write on the side of the box exactly where everything had come from. So they've kind of written China and I have China all over the place. So I'll be back. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Get ready for resources, tools, and support to help you build a successful business and live an awesome life. It's the Women's Business Success Show with your host, founder of the Association of Women Entrepreneurs, Tara McHugh. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Each show will feature a special guest interview. Tara will bring you highly successful entrepreneurs sharing their stories of success. You'll hear about the challenges they faced along their journey together with the advice they have to help you achieve more. You'll also hear from various personal and business development experts sharing tips, solutions, and strategies that you can easily implement into your business and life for amazing results. For more on Tara and her show, check out her website, aofwe.com. Then join us for the Women's Business Success Show with your host, the founder of the Association of Women Entrepreneurs, Tara McHugh. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Are you fascinated by the stories behind the stories, the people behind their masks, the truth about people's failures and redemptions? in both their business and personal lives. Then Off the Record Secrets of with host Judy Schreiner is for you. It's people's secrets that make them interesting, but very few folks are willing to reveal them unless they trust that their information will be treated with accuracy, fairness, and respect. People have been entrusting their secrets to longtime business journalist Judy Schreiner for the last 25 years. And now she's bringing her expertise and impressive contact list to Rockstar Radio Network. Tune in and call in as host Judy Schreiner talks to guests off the record as they reveal new secrets each Tuesday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. My guest this week is Danielle Evans, who describes herself as a woman on a journey towards intentional and meaningful living. Danielle is a pastor's wife, and together she and her husband homeschool their five children in central Pennsylvania. Their marriage is a biblically-centered one, their parenting is grace-based, and their home is peace-filled. In true Christian style, Danielle faces the broken nature of her humanity and knows that she's guaranteed to stumble and fall at times. She's the author of Honoring the Rhythm of Rest and writes regularly for Home Educating Family Magazine, The Curriculum Choice, Passionate Homemaking, The Better Mom, and her own blog, Domestic Serenity. Danielle is going to lift us up, inspire us to find God in the oftentimes not-so-perfect moments of our lives, 
offer ways to move us through our journey, and share her skills of practicing rest as a regular pattern in our days. Welcome, Danielle. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Is it early or late? How, what time is it there? Uh, well, here in Pennsylvania, it's about noontime, so it's, uh, it's a good time for me. I like this time of day. Yeah, well, good, good. Now, why do you like this time of day? I am not really a morning person or a late-night person, so I think I come alive right about this time, so this is a good time for a show, a radio program. Well, good, good. You know, a lot of times people just kind of get into the afternoon, they start to drag, you know, because they've either got up too early or gone to bed too late or whatever. So, well, good. You're just the the middle-of-the-day kind of person. Good time for naps for the children, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what, Danielle? I have been so looking forward to your visit with me this morning, you know, that all week I've been exhausted. I (laughs) I know that I need to take breaks. And for some reason, it's just been really clear to me that when I start to, you know, kind of slow down a little Mm -hmm. bit, I just make myself keep going. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's not as if I've got you know, deadlines, it's just me. I, I am my enemy as far as it goes, as far as that goes. So why is it important for us to slow down and be quiet in our busy lives as wives and mothers? Well, I do think it's, it's just vital. First of all, I think it's the way that God desires for us to live. He never intended that we just keep going, going, going. That's just not the pattern he set up for us. And I think he wants us to put in roadblocks so that we just pause. Um, but not just pause so that we can, you know, retreat and, and rest, which is very important, but that so we're nourished and we can keep doing what we need to do because we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot to face and to take care of as homeschooling moms or just, you know, moms in general. Um, so we need pauses so that we can reflect, we can be nourished, and we can keep doing what we're called to do. So you talk a lot about pausing on a regular basis throughout mm-hmm. the day. Now, how long do you, for example, pause? Do you have different moments, you know, different times? Do you take like a quick five or always 30 minutes? How do you do it? Yeah, well, a couple of different things. I grew up in a home where my parents were very big on waking up gently and going to bed gently. And by that, they meant you just don't want to wake up with a start. Now, I can't say that happens every single morning where I just calmly, slowly wake up, but I try to give myself a little bit of extra time. And same thing in the evening, just kind of closing out the day a little bit slower than just falling exhausted, like you said, we, which has happened to me as well, mm-hmm. into bed. Um, probably um, somewhere at midday, I try to take a 15, maybe sometime 30-minute pause. And I, I like to call it a pause because I have to get back to my work. So um, usually late afternoon before dinner time or before prepping for dinner time, just pausing and stopping the day's work before I go into the evening and evening work. Um, and again, sometimes it's just you know ten minutes. Sometimes it's a little bit longer. Usually not more than thirty minutes or so, um, just to refresh a little bit and reflect on what has happened in the day, what went well, and then looking forward to what is next and what needs to happen. And so you literally sit and reflect. You don't move to something else. Um, I stop my work. I think that's probably a good way to say it. And I think for each of us, our rest looks different um, because our work looks different. For someone, 
their work may be something that I choose to do as resting. Someone may have a business where they're, you know, having to read all the time if they're an editor or they're having to sew all the time or having to work all the time in a certain way. Or if we're a homeschooling mom, you're, you know, teaching and grading papers and um, reading and doing all these things. So for me, I do. I stop whatever it is, the work that I was doing that day. Sometimes it does mean sitting. Sometimes it means just having a cup of tea and um, reading something else besides the lesson plan for the day, maybe, you know, a chapter of my book, you know, a current book that I'm reading. But somehow finding a way to pause whatever it is our work is and then moving on to something that is restful. So you're not going from, say, um, grading papers necessarily to, um, peeling potatoes for the evening meal. Right, right. Yeah, yeah there's, yeah. I think, yeah, I think there's a little bit of difference because, of course, I would consider that would be part of, you know, my work. Now, I'm yeah. a person who finds, you know, cooking meditative and restful and stuff, but I, I still want to just pause. And um, I think a big key of rest is that we reflect upon the work that's already happened. I, I think that's example is in Scripture for us when in creation God rested and looked back at what he had done for the day and called it good. I think we should do that too. Just look back at picking out maybe one thing. We don't have to make a whole list or maybe, you know, one to three things that went well and, mm-hmm. um, and then move on, you know, to what we need to do next. So do you have a particular place where you go and rest? Um, I do. I have, in, in the summertime or warmer times, um, I like to go outside and I will just sit. Usually I almost always try to make myself a cup of hot tea because to me, that just symbolizes I'm pausing, and it's not something I always get to do and sip slowly or, or that kind of thing. So I'll, I'll quickly make a cup. I'll go outside, or if it's too cold or the weather's not favorable, I sit in a big comfy chair in our house, and um, I might even light a candle or something like that. That doesn't always happen. Um, the candles mainly, especially for the kids, they kind of know when the candle's lit, mom's taking 15, 20 minutes break. Just, you know, the little ones are asleep. The bigger ones can be calm for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. and give myself a break. Mm-hmm. So I try to be really intentional about it so that it's something that is a part of my day that hopefully happens on a regular basis if I'm intentional. Yes, you use the word intentional a lot. Um, is it? You don't actually schedule your times, but I know that you say, okay, this break that I have time to take now is, mm-hmm. you know, really intentional. As you say, you make yourself a cup of tea, you sit in your favorite chair or you go outside and, mm-hmm. you know, you reflect on, on how your day has gone so far and, uh, you know, in, intentional instead of just, oh, my back's killing me. I need to get up and walk around now. And, you know, you could have been, right. <laughs> you could have been doing whatever you were doing for hours and you should have right. taken a break maybe long before that. So right. you right. have your set times of doing that. I was going to say, don't your children follow you outside? Because I know mine would. <laughs> they do. They do. They do. Yeah. And, 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 and that doesn't matter. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Sometimes in the busy, you know, life of a homeschooling mom, you can't always separate, you know, or the baby doesn't take a nap when, you know, he should. And um, things happen. And so it's definitely not a strict set time. It's usually somewhere between, you know, for my time, it'd be, you know, 3.30 in the afternoon to 5 p.m. Somewhere in there, I hope to take, you know, a 15-minute, 20-minute pause. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just have to be flexible with how our day is going. Um, It's just part part of how we live. But if my kids follow me outside, they kind of pretty much know I'm just for a few minutes pausing and taking a break. I would love to listen to their questions or stories or whatever in just a few minutes. And so far it's worked out. Yes. And so they're learning also how to take mm-hmm. intentional breaks. Like you learned from your, your parents. You right. said that 
they they wake up gently and go to bed gently and you took that with you and i think that's that's wonderful and i from what i've read on your blog um you you want to pass the same thing down to your children so mm-hmm. they can observe how you handle your day and take that away with them into their lives yeah that that's my hope i i hope to show them that it's um first of all possible and it doesn't need to be extravagant. Um, I think other rhythms of rest could be more extravagant, like taking a big vacation or, um, you know, doing something yearly or annually or whatever. But that daily we can find ways to just slow down a little bit and that work is important, but it's not the all in all, that we have to pause from it and stop from it. So hopefully we're all learning together how to do that. Yeah. And it's interesting that you said that you stop from your work, so what you might consider work, somebody else might consider leisure. Mm-hmm. So um, what, whatever you consider to be work. Mm-hmm. I heard somebody say on um, a radio show that her Sabbath, she refrained from doing her work, but right. she did things that she loved. Like she always had her family over on the Sabbath. And they would Every Sabbath they would come mm-hmm. and eat with her. And so part of what she did that day was preparing for that right. cooking, and right. she loved it. And other people might look on that as work, but mm-hmm. for her it wasn't at all. So, right, yeah, yeah. right, that's, that's lovely. And um, all right, so you're you're taking these these regular breaks, and I know I've got um, I've got listeners, mums who are going. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> so, yeah. what, what would you what would you say to somebody who really has not had? One, an example from their parents to do sure. that. They've got these parents that run around. And you know what life is like today. Mm-hmm. No matter mm-hmm. how much we try and keep it calm, it's very difficult. The outside does encroach. And you can't not let it with your children as they get sure. older. Absolutely. And so, you know, you've got this brand, this, this mom who's going, rest during the day? Mm-hmm. How on earth am I going to do that? Mm-hmm. How, how would you, how would you um, help them at least take one break during the day? What would you say? Yeah, I, I, I definitely understand that because I was in that place even for a season. Um, in um, my ebook that I wrote, Honoring the Rhythm of Rest, I talk about burnout and how I just got to a place where I just did not do that for a very long time, took no breaks, took no pauses, and finally after a while just ran into a wall. Um, mm-hmm. So I know what it's like to even feel like I want to do this, but how do I go about doing that? And I explained some of that in the ebook, but I'll share a few tips today. I think, first of all, just taking... Um, I call it taking an inventory, but really just said evaluating our day. Um, I firmly believe that somewhere in there, there's there's room, and we may need to take something out before we can put something in. Mm-hmm. So we ha- and I, I, it's hard to prescribe what that would be for every single woman or every single mom, but we can stop and look over our day and just say, you know, where is it? Maybe it's not in the afternoon. That would be great. That work what works for me. Maybe it's in the morning. Maybe it's first thing in the morning, getting an extra five or ten minutes um, ahead of the children or ahead of the game, uh, maybe it's after breakfast or in the evening time, but really looking through our day, evaluating, and then once we kind of capture a little window and say, well, maybe it just might be possible there, then really being, again, intentional, I like that word because it means that we make choices, so Mm -hmm. being intentional and saying, all right, now that I see I possibly have this window that might work, let me take, you know, a break. All right, and we are going to take a quick break. Sure. And we'll be back in a few moments.
How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Are you ready to get your woohoo on? From business and branding to babies, best-selling books, and personal breakthroughs? Then it's time to tune in to Woohoo Radio, Love, Life, Business, and the Pursuit of Happiness with your host, Lisa Stedman, Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Using her signature blend of inspiration, motivation, and kick-butt action, best-selling author and chief woohoo woman, Lisa Stedman, wants to help you discover the woohoo that only you can do. Lisa will show you how to create your signature woohoo way of love, life, business and the pursuit of happiness without losing yourself. If you're tired of a one-size-fits-all approach to career, relationships, and personal growth, get your weekly woohoo on with Lisa and her rock star guests as they reveal their personal stories of bouncing back from boohoo of rock bottom into the woohoo of love, life, business, and the pursuit of happiness. Check out her website, lisastedman.com. Join us for Woohoo Radio, love, life, business, and the pursuit of happiness. Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Are you yearning to connect with those close to you who have passed on. Do you feel you'd be more at peace or more in balance in your life if you could only have that connection? Now you do. It's time for Alex Laws and the Alex Laws Hour. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Alex discovered an incredible balance that allowed him to listen and receive messages from the other side. Not your traditional psychic medium. Alex has spent the last 27 years as an endurance athlete and entrepreneur. At the core of Alex's abilities is his knowing that in order to open one's soul to the universe, one must open their heart to being authentic. The wisdom Alex has shared from those beyond the veil has helped at an international level and changed people's lives and sometimes, too, their direction in life. Need help with your life or business direction? Tap into the spiritual realm of Alex Laws. For more information, check out alexlaws.com. Then join us for the Alex Laws Hour with Alex Laws. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central, here on The Rock. Star Radio Network. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. I'm back with my guest, Danielle Evans, and um, we're talking about how in a busy day, if we have not been practicing, we can find a little window of time to call our own for a few moments and take a pause. So, Danielle, you were saying um, take a, evaluate our day and mm-hmm. see what we can take out so that we can put something in. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I would encourage also to start small. Maybe we can't begin with 30 minutes. You know, and that's just not possible at this time. But to just simply start to begin with the five minutes that we may have and to make it five special minutes, um, whatever, you know, special. I have a friend who, as I was encouraging her, she said, you know, I have this um, cup of tea I like to drink and just this little um, tea cookie or scone or something or a muffin that she likes to have. And I said, great, just do that. You know, five, seven minutes, just pause for a minute, sit at the kitchen table, eat that, just rest for a minute and stop your work. Another thing, too, I think, is just remembering that our work is always there, especially when we're home all day. We are surrounded by what we need to do. And so we really have to be um, intentional about just letting that go for a moment and saying, yes, there's laundry, yes, there's cooking, yes, there's you know things to do. But we can pause for just a few minutes and, and then get back to that. Mm-hmm. And so um, 
prayer. I mean, that's a big part of mm. both of our lives. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I first started homeschooling, I had these friends because I did not come into it because of any biblical reasons. And I had friends who um, did a Bible study with their, their family every day. Mm-hmm. And I have to admit, I didn't. I looked after myself, but I was not nourishing my family spiritually. Neither, neither one of us were. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, how am I going to do that? I mean, I don't have enough time to cover everything I'm already right, doing. Right. How on earth am I going to put Bible in? But you know what? I put it in, mm-hmm. and I found that I had more time mm-hmm. because it just, I suppose it calmed everybody down. Mm-hmm. We all, you know, there was, wasn't the stress factor anymore. There was right. some attention had been given to the children in a way that they enjoyed, and it was all together, and mm-hmm. it just changed, completely changed mm-hmm. the atmosphere of the house. So can you can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, and I fully agree. Um, I think that when we give a little bit of this, even as an offering or a gift to ourselves, but as, as honoring the Lord, that he gives us back, and so we may feel like we're giving up something. Oh, no, I have to take, you know, this time to do this thing. But the rewards are so much greater than what we're giving up. And mm-hmm. I found that when I pause for just a few minutes, I feel so much more energized, or sometimes if I'm really exhausted and just tired from a day of homeschooling or just homemaking, to just take a little bit of a break kind of refocuses me and redirects me back to what I'm doing and why, and then I can I can go on. So I just, I agree that we can look at it and believe that it's impossible. Um, but if we give that little bit to God, I think he gives us back so much more. Mm-hmm. And our families, and we're blessed. We're just blessed by it. Mm-hmm. Well, in the end, just about, I mean, the children, we would have mornings and then at lunchtime because we'd all sit down together. My husband worked at home as well, so mm-hmm. lunch was our main meal. Mm-hmm. And um, we would all sit down together and none of us would get up from the table without doing prayers. And it became such a habit that even if we were out or at somebody else's house, I would see them looking around going, well, is everybody else going to, are we going to do prayers now? (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't just prayer prayers. It was always a special thing for lunch. You know, it would be a devotion that we were reading. So it would be a story. And it was just, just one, it was, it was funny how that the whole thing became a pattern in our lives. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I know you talk about that because you talk about, um, a Christ-centered home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it it can't really even be contrived, can it? It's something that you start on your own, perhaps, and you it expands out into the family, and then it expands into the yes. day, and then into everything that you do. Yes, I, I truly believe that. I think we can have a picture of what it might look like or what it might, you know, the results might be. But I've just found that as I begin that journey, it just opens up and becomes, it always is more than what I thought it would be, and it's always better than what I thought it would be. Um, I was thinking I had to give up something very precious to me, which is time, and that is all precious to all of us. We only have so much of it. But I was receiving back so much more, and the family was being blessed. The kids were being blessed. Um, and when I don't practice it, because I do go through, you know, days or a week that goes by, then I'm just, you know, rushing, 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 and going on to the next thing, I feel it, you know, because it's such a habit and a pattern that I start to think, Oh no! I need I need to get back to that. This is the results of this are not good. Um, so begin, just begin, start small, and um, just do it. Just do it with what you have. Mm-hmm. And don't don't worry about if if the children 
you know, sort of follow you. It's not going to be always something that you can do exclusively on your own unless right. you get up before the children. Right, right. Or, or able to do it after they've gone to bed when you're completely and utterly exhausted. Yeah. Um, so doing it during the day. So, you know, I suppose flexible, be flexible, mm-hmm. be open-minded. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I like to write. And so whenever my children saw my door was closed, which it never was, <laughs> except when I was writing. And so they would respect that. They would never, ever disturb me unless mm-hmm. it was a, a dire emergency, but then my husband was always here, so they'd go to him instead. Right, <laughs> he loved, right. He loved to be disturbed, and I just, <laughs> I just can't when I'm focusing on something. Right. I just can't be disturbed. And they knew that, but then they knew all the rest of the time was for them. Yeah. So they, they let me have that hour or yeah. hour and a half. You and know, that, so. I think children pick up on that, and they, mm-hmm. they learn to honor that too. Like mom mm-hmm. is way, very available to us. She's here She's not going anywhere, and she's not really ignoring us. Mm-hmm. She just, you know, is taking this time. And it's a great pattern for them to learn because one day they're going to need to do the same thing um, with their children. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's Well, and, and as they get older and have, have their own jobs, they're going to do the same thing in your house because I have noticed that when my children come over to me, they just about all moved out. I've got one still at home. Um, they mm-hmm. do come over at a time, and they say, cup of tea mom and whatever i'm doing i put down what i'm doing and Mm -hmm. we always have our cup of tea and an english biscuit of some sort or whatever and they love that they tell me oh mom you know we look forward to that so much and Mm -hmm. we try to do it we try to do it in our own places you know with our we've introduced our friends to afternoon tea that's great yeah it's so civilized (laughs) (laughs) it's great good to see it continue yeah yeah so when you have, um, you know, sort of when your children do get a little bit older, they'll help you. They'll remind you because they've seen it as a pattern. And they love those. They love the routine. They love the patterns. Yeah, they, don't, so. they don't want to lose them. So, I mean, if you forget one day or think you don't have the time one day, you can't resist a child that says, I'm putting the kettle on. Mom. We're going to sit down and we're going to have mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, do you have any favorite Bible verses that you draw on during your more stressful moments during the day? Um, I think two of my favorites uh, was one that was spoken at our wedding, um, spoken over my life, was um, Isaiah 41, verse 10, and it says, So do not fear, I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And that's one of my favorites. I I think of it as my life first because... um, as a mom, I think fear is something, as a person, but as definitely as a mom, fear is something that can just rise up in you. So I appreciate the encouragement to not fear that the Lord is with me at all times. Mm-hmm. Another one is just Psalm 62, verse 5, um, and it says, Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope come from, comes from Him. And I think that's important, too, because as much as I talk about and I'm passionate about taking rest, and um, pausing throughout the day, throughout the you know, rhythms of the year, um, it's important that we're at peace within ourselves, too, and that we need to find rest in God. That's where we're going to find our ultimate peace, not in the rituals of, you know, taking a break. That's going to help us, and um, it's definitely going to provide a level of, you know, calmness to our spirits. But our souls need to be at rest in God, and that's where our hope comes from. So I just, yeah, those two scriptures are things I probably repeat the most to myself and find encouragement in. 
Mm, yes, they're wonderful. Remembering that, um, you know, God, as I, I said earlier on in the show, that God chose me. God mm. loves me. He loves mm-hmm. everyone. He didn't just choose me. And he didn't. Ju- he doesn't just love me. He loves everybody. But he actually did chose me. Choose me. Choose mm-hmm. me. Sorry. He chose me. <laughs> right. And you know that's just it, when you when you really really meditate uh, on that, um, it it should it just should make you feel just so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Those two those two verses are just beautiful. And um, all right, so. I think I read somewhere when you were talking about burnout mm-hmm. and how we can't afford to burn out as parents or as mums. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the main reasons were was um, because you you know the example that you're showing your child um, mm-hmm. how how you um, handle a stressful situation. Um, so can you talk a little bit about? Um, burnout and and what happens when you know you've got these wonderful bible verses we've got the whole bible that we can sit and read we know that god loves us but there are times when you think that he's just turned his back and Mm. you're like what where (laughs) what do you do yes um yeah well and i like i said i haven't always practiced the rest that i speak about as intentionally as i i do right now there was um a season where it was just basically ignored and we were going through a stressful time as a family and you know as a mom you just feel like you have to carry everything so I I did face what I would consider just burnout just physically emotionally spiritually feeling very very spent Um, and in that time where we're just depleted we can begin to believe things that are just not true like Mm -hmm. like you said God has turned his back on us where is he is he working in this situation Um, Mm -hmm. those kinds of things where we begin to question and doubt the questioning and doubting is not necessarily wrong. It's just that we begin to believe the answers that God has deserted us. And in those moments, we, we probably need extra help. Hopefully we have um, another person or more, either a spouse or a friend that we can call out to. Um, we need intake of the Word, you know, to just tell mm-hmm. ourselves what is true. I remember one time teaching my kids how King David in Scripture would often talk to himself when you read the Psalms. He would tell himself, you know, like what to believe, like soul, believe that this is true about the Lord. And uh, my six-year-old, who was at the time three, I found him in the bathroom mirror speaking to himself and saying, soul, you know, listen to the Lord. And I think <laughs> I think sometimes that's maybe what we have to do. Maybe we have to do even physically just go to a mirror and or just tell ourselves, we need to believe this because it's true about the Lord. He hasn't deserted us. Um, we're feeling very spent and we're very tired. But there is hope. There's always hope. And it may take us a long time to get back there, but there's always hope. Well, we're going on another short break. Can you come back for about five more minutes, Danielle? Sure, absolutely. Thank you. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. 
For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Jirasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's paying it forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi. Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. Have you been laid off, fired, downsized, right-sized, or re-engineered out of a job? Are you unemployed or anticipate that possibility? Then tune in for Successfully Unemployed, hosted by Alan Sherwood, MBA, president of Sherwood Consulting Service. Successfully Unemployed will provide you a hope-filled and comprehensive approach to the job search process from an author who's experienced it all. Alan and his guests will cover all dimensions of a job search. Physical tasks, mental attitude, emotional health, even one spiritual perspective. All must be integrated in order for a person to be successfully unemployed so they can then be successfully employed. This show is designed to help you move forward from job loss to finding or creating more fulfilling work. For more on Alan Sherwood, MBA, and the show, check out his website, SuccessfullyUnemployed.com. Then join us for Successfully Unemployed with Alan Sherwood, MBA. Thursday nights at 8, 7 Central here on Toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. The show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Danielle, before I let you go, you need to tell us a little bit about your writing because I noticed that you write for several magazines, but you also blog. And I think you find blogging a little bit different to writing for a magazine. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I would agree with that. Um, I think I appreciate the variety of um, opportunities. They're all different and, and very neat. The thing that I found about blogging is that there's such... A wide audience. There's, you know, anyone who tunes in or finds your blog. You can connect with people that you would maybe never reach in a, a magazine or um, even in person or in speaking or those kinds of things. So you have opportunity to connect across oceans and in bite-sized pieces. Blogging is just a quick, you know, bite-sized piece mm-hmm. of just sharing a quick encouragement or. Um, you know, exhortation or that kind of thing. Whereas, you know, I enjoy writing for a magazine or for other sites. Um, it's a little bit more lengthy article where you get to expand upon a topic. But I really do like the writing of blogging um, just for that reason. I Quick encouragement and being able to connect to people I may never see or may ever meet, but then we're able to feed one another and encourage one another in some way. So I know as writers, we're, um, you know, sort of instructed to know our audience. So with the blogging world, how do you know your audience? Yes, I know. Well, when I first began blogging, I'm not too sure if I thought of an audience. I was just writing, you know, just whatever Mm -hmm. kind of came to my head. Um, And as I've, you know, gotten with other bloggers or writers and kind of defined a little bit maybe my purpose for what I'm doing, at least in that venue, I would say it's um, encouraging the heart of a Christian homemaker um, mm-hmm. and, you know, the homeschooling mom and encouraging people and moms in that in that avenue and in that realm. In other places that I write, it's a different audience. But I, I do like 
focusing on that audience when it comes to the blogging. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, tell us where your blog is so that my listeners can go visit you. Sure. It's at www.domesticserenity.org. And I'd love for anybody to stop by. Okay, so it's .org. Well, I've got a link on my um, radio page to your site. Mm. So anybody that wants to go on my radio page and do that link, and I will be sending out some tweets next week too, and I will include um, the link in there because Danielle's site is beautiful and it's very calming. You like to use (laughs) candles. I noticed that your your cover um, photo is the candles. And then I noticed something recently that I looked at and you had a candle lit. Yes, I do like candles. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) They're very, they're very calming, aren't they? And and restful. Yes. um, All right. So you've got a book, you've got an ebook called Honoring the Rhythm of Rest. And you Mm -hmm. gave us a little insight into that book. And um, tell us just, you know, sort of give us an overview as to what that book is about. Sure, sure, yes. And that's available at my site. It's just, it's a quick read. It's only about 35 pages or so. Mm -hmm. And it's inspirational, but also um, practical. I want to encourage others um, to understand what true rest is and and what it means. And I talked a little bit about that in in our time together. Um, We asked certain questions like, are we living in tents? Or are we living intentional, and what's the difference? Um, and I give practical helps on just encouraging that rhythm of rest, whether it's daily, weekly, you know, at, at different points in our life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just I think it's important that we nourish our spirits and our minds and bodies, and we need to rest. So that's a little bit of encouragement, just in a bite-sized ebook piece. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I've. I've try to practice what I preach and what I write about as well. So it's not something I'm telling others, but telling myself and reminding myself as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, Danielle, thank you so much for joining me um, this morning um, and afternoon for you now. Mm-hmm. I've been talking to Danielle Evans, who describes herself as a woman on a journey towards intentional and meaningful living. And you have heard how she does this. Danielle is a pastor's wife, and she and her husband homeschool their five children in central Pennsylvania. And today she's been encouraging us to live with grace in our Christ-centered homes. And I hope you've enjoyed our time of quiet meditation as we learned how important it is to stop and rest during our busy days Mm -hmm. so that our children have an example of how we managed our lives without succumbing to burnout when their lives begin to fill up with responsibilities and work. Danielle is the author of Honoring the Rhythm of Rest, an ebook that you can find on her website, um, domesticserenity.org. She also writes regularly for Home Educating Family Magazine, The Curriculum Choice, Passionate Homemaking, The Better Mom, and of course her own blog, Domestic Serenity, and um, she links from that blog um, to other blogs as well. So there's a lot, there's a lot of Danielle out there um, on, on the site. It's, it's great. I mean, once you read one, you can just go on and, and you can read more and more and more. Thank you so much this morning for lifting us up and inspiring us and sharing ideas with us on how to practice rest as a regular pattern mm, of our day. You. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you. For, I appreciate it being a guest. Well, it's been a joy, joy talking to you. You have a wonderful weekend with your family. Okay. Thank you so much, Vivian. Thank you. Bye. Mm, bye Bye-bye. Well, after last week's story about our mattress jaunt, 
climbing in and out of a car window as we raised, as if we were raised to it, my gentleman cowboy and I set off again to cart another mattress, this time a queen, the seller promised, across town. The day was lovely, cool and sunny, and there was a little bit of a breeze, and the mattress was a tad larger than the one we'd used the week before to saddle up Rosie. My cowboy had a brilliant idea this time to tie the bed on with the doors open so that we could climb aboard more gracefully, always thinking of what a lady I am. It didn't take me long to notice that the doors just wouldn't shut with the rope crisscrossing the frame, and I quickly pointed this fact out to my gentleman before he got too carried away with the tying. Darn, you're right, he said. We secured the doors and battened down the mattress and found it was easier to climb through the windows the second time around. As I said, the breeze was blowing just a teeny-weeny little bit, and before long, my lovely cowboy, who looks so much better on a horse, by the way, peered in his rear-view mirror and pulled Rosie up short. We're losing her off the back side. And we were. I'll just get out and check, he said, trying the door. How short our memories are when we're having fun. He clambered out of the window, knocking his water over with his foot and soaking both our cell phones. Shall I drive around the car park and you can watch and tell me just how high the mattress is being lifted off the top of the car by the wind? I suggested sweetly. He laughed and got some more rope and went and laid underneath the front of the car, yelling at me, well, raising his voice above the breeze to stay away from the shift. I don't want to get run over. I turned the ignition off and mopped up the water, staying away from the gear stick just in case. That would make a good story, wouldn't it? Husband flattened by his wife while tying down mattress. Extra rope notwithstanding, I'm sure the mattress floated most of the way home, but we got there in one piece with it just a tiny little bit off centre, and happily it fits squarely onto our daughter's box springs. It's awfully thin, she said when she made her bed. Yes, said her blue-eyed pops. It's called a cracker mattress. And I'm still catching up with friends. How long has it been since I got home? The world's too busy. There doesn't seem to be enough time anymore to keep up with each other face to face. Does it really count if all we're doing is catching up via our computers? I asked my blue-eyed cowboy, what did we used to do before our computers became the main focus of our lives? I know this week, with the lovely fall weather, I've been wanting to be outside doing things with my hands, but somehow I found myself chained to my desk, metaphorically, of course. I did find time to have dinner with someone, and it was a disappointment. She was tired from working all day, and because there wasn't any energy being fired back at me, we ended up talking about nothing in particular and found no common ground. Our lives are now poles apart where before they'd been really close. It's sad when you draw apart, you know, when you kind of grow away from your friends. She said to me, going away for a year and then coming back is really difficult for everyone. And I have to agree. I have my reading and writing group next week and I'm really excited about that. And I'm hoping that it's as if I've never been away. I think I'll be very upset if I decide I no longer want to have anything to do with any of them as well. Anyway, I'll let you know. And as I said earlier on, everything arrived from England. The men who unloaded the truck for us took it all into the cleared out front bedroom and now we have pine furniture and 10 big boxes barely labeled to go through. I've noticed that the tables that looked so big in our flat are quite small here in our great big house which is funny. A couple of things have been put out as my Texan went through a few boxes in his quest for the sewing machine Yes, I know, a load of goodies arrived from abroad and he wants the sewing machine. We have another project going, or at least he does. He's making a replacement canopy for the glider outside. 
He's out hunting for an adapter at the moment because, of course, it's an English voltage. Anyway, back to the few items we've now got in our house. It's most odd to see this little table or that little rug that have always been at my parents' house now all of a sudden in my house in America. Not the furniture we bought while we were in England. That was always coming home with us. Just the things that were my parents' I think when I unload the dishes and glasses, things may get really weird. Having to face the fact that I'll never see them again hmm, might get a bit tough. And it's just I'm going to go and get my hair cut this afternoon. And I didn't think that short hair was that, you know, sort of demanding but um, I think it is. The front part is getting really long and I can almost wear it up. My hairdresser always says, when you can start to wear your hair in a ponytail after you've had it cut, then you know it's time to come back. So it's been two whole months. So I am off to do that. And um, I think I'm going to come to the end of my show here. It really has gone really fast. My guest was lovely. And I hope she inspired you to take a break several times during the day. You're supposed to. It's biblical, okay? So there you go. Do it. And I hope you feel refreshed and I hope you feel ready for the weekend because I know I am. As I said, I'm going to get my hair cut and my blue eyed cowboy is being a super dad and hunting for the new iPhone that came out today for his hard work and filmmaker son. And if the weather continues to be fine and English, I'll be out walking and enjoying the sun. We have a birthday coming up, so gift shopping's on the list and I'll tackle some of the boxes in the front room and put all my winter clothes away. I'll be here, same time, same place next week on Toginet Radio. Without further ado, I'll say thanks to my handsome husband who believes in love at first sight. Our four children who are the result of that belief, the hardworking staff at Tokenet Radio, my guest, Danielle Evans, and you, my faithful listeners, especially Anne in Lindale, Hannah, Tina, Rosemary, Joel, Christine, Laura, and many others who are part of my growing audience. Listen to my friend Ali LaCrete, New Day, New Time, with this little parent, Mondays at 7, and Lisa Stedman, the woohoo way, also on Tokenet, Wednesdays at 1. Like me on Facebook, the sociable homeschooler. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord show you his kindness and have mercy on you. May the Lord watch over you and give you peace. Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney on Tokyo.